1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. The shot is throw. Roberts, safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 118. Brian Shackman, John Senecal here with you again. Listen, I want to talk about Aaron Judge, and then I want to talk about Basically, right now, even though people have accused me of being salty and the Red Sox are just a couple of games out of the wild card, I'm more interested, believe it or not, in what's happening outside of New York and Boston in Major League Baseball, which I think is actually a really good thing for baseball. But first, let's let's start with topic. You know, listen, you called it, John. I mean, we should almost pull the sound. I mean, you knew early on that this was going to be worse. I thought he just stubbed his toe, and I'm like, give me a break, another lame baseball injury. But... And then they bring in the language with Aaron Judge. You know, he hopes to be back this season. Yeah, this season. I mean, this season. That when you hear this season, it's very scary because, listen, they're in it, right? They're still in it. So sure. this season means that they're really nervous about this injury because if it was, if they're, like he might not come back, right? Because if you weren't in it and they were out of it, they'd be, you know, they'd be saying, oh well, you know, maybe next year, you know, but. This scares me because I've been saying it all along, and we we can pull the tape, we can pull the text. I mean, right when this happened, I I looked online and I they, they said strained ligament, and I said that's not good because I remember I ripped a ligament in my thumb. I couldn't even turn the key in my car after like a month, and I finally got it taken care of, and I had to have surgery. But we're talking about a guy who's what two hundred and seventy pounds, six foot eight, who's on his right foot, which is his push foot, and it's he's got to run on that foot and. How are you going to go out there and compete at that level if you're not 100% healthy? And if you rush him back, how? what happens to that injury? It's just going to get worse and worse. We saw it with DJ LeMahieu. Things are not looking good for the Yankees right now. And if you add this Aaron Judge saga into it, which we're finally getting a little bit of clarification after, like, what, almost a month? Um, it's not looking good at all. Well, you know, the way I view it is the Yankees were not even – close to being favorites to win anything with him. Like, I mean, it would be an uphill climb to win the division with him. It would be an uphill climb to win the pennant with him. It would be a big uphill climb to win the World Series with him. So even if you get him back, say he comes back. I mean, say this is going to take him through July. Say he comes back in August. He needs to, like, basically restart his whole season, which means he needs, like, a spring training almost. And then maybe you can get my feeling all along is that they would, you know, get back and he'd get the pitches and Stanton would get the pitches and then they could find a way to hum and then they would roll and and make the playoffs. And now, you know, I don't know if they're going to have enough time. Yeah, you look at the injury was like what June 3rd, June 4th, um, and you figure six weeks, right? That puts you basically at the all-star break, which is July 16th. Yep. That's six weeks, no rehab like assignments or anything. So you figure if if – it's a six-week injury, and then he goes out on a you know a three or four-game rehab. But I doubt it's going to be that quick because he's been gone for so long. Oh, he needs to almost redo spring training. Yeah. So like again, if 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 base case, best case scenario, I'm thinking August first, and at that stage of the game, the Yankees still got to be in it because that is the trading deadline is the beginning of August. So 
huge amount of questions for the Yankees. And you said it, Brian. The team is not built to win with Judge in the lineup. So the question starts to be asked, if they're in the same position they are now, right? They got a wild card berth. I don't know how they're still holding on to this wild card berth. Mm-hmm. But come August 1st, if you're still in that position where you're a half game ahead of the wild card, what do you do? What do you do? Right. Are you out there looking for a Cody Bellinger? Are you trying to get a Marcus Stroman? Are you trying to pluck off these other teams? Are those players even available? Or are the Cubs still in it? It is how, going to yeah, be. How much of your future do you compromise? Because, I, I mean, honestly, like if you had a Marcus Stroman, I think that would be a huge difference maker. But now instead of adding like a bench bat, you need to add like two bats that are borderline starters. Yeah, you, I mean, need, that, a, you need a premier bat in the lineup yeah. to, to, mm-hmm. to it, listen, you're not going to replace Aaron Judge unless you get Shohei Otani, right? right. I don't think that's going to happen because the Angels are still in it. But who knows what the Angels are going to do? They, a lot can change in a month. But. You have to replace Aaron Judge. You don't replace Aaron Judge. Like you said, you're going to have to get two guys, and then what, they are going to rake you across the coals with your with your prospects to get these players because they know you're desperate. So the question comes up, and I heard Michael Kay ask this to Hal Steinbrenner um, last week when he was on the show, was, do you consider tanking as the Yankees? And I was like, I thought about that. I was like, that is the dumbest question I've ever heard. Because the Yankees just don't tank, right? They don't do that. Right. But then you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, no Aaron Judge for the rest of the season. We're, say August 1st, they're within the hunt of the wild card. Two games out. They're not leading. Do you say to yourself, we're going to trade Glaber Torres. We're going to trade, you know, another prospect and get rid of some of these guys and maybe look to get some more players. I, I would say they're – listen, my response is no chance. I think the only scenario that, of prudence would be to sit on your hands, meaning that don't do anything, right? Don't add. Don't compromise anything to add and just play out the string. Hopefully you eke into the wild card and maybe get lucky. You know, take a Red Soxy approach. And, right? and regroup, regroup for 2024. Yeah, I mean, because I, mean, I, I, I feel like – Tanking is – I actually think you should have followed through the, your first instinct because it's stupid because they won't do it. And even, you know, Boone's not going to be able to manage it. You know, they're going to they're gonna compete. The question is, I don't I – don't, I think ultimately if he's not going to come back at a certain time, I think they just won't compromise some future talent to make a move. Now, but every time I thought Cashman – Cashman is – you know, to me, sometimes been bolder than I thought he would be. So uh, you just don't know. But I think the best case scenario for Yankee fans is is not to do anything and then just see if you can get uh, get get hot or get lucky. And, and then and then if you don't, if you you know, making the playoffs this year and and winning a round would be a huge success, in my opinion, for the Yankees. Yeah, I don't. I again, I don't see them. I don't see them going the tanking route. And it's hard to tank when you're in the hunt. You know, it's easier to tank when you're 12 games out. It is, it is a dumb question. Um, I, mean, I, I thought that was a very dumb question, yeah. but like a lot to be said. Like you know, Carlos Rodon is supposedly coming back in the Oakland series, so we'll see what we got there. Harrison Bader is back. He's a huge catalyst in this team. I have no idea what's going on with Giancarlo Stanton. Who knows what the deal is with him? And it just seems like every time the Yankees try to do something, they do something dumb. I just, I, I, I just don't have any faith in this team right now. But hopefully, Rodon will will stay healthy. And if Bader doesn't pull a hamstring, going for a double, <laughs> maybe they get, like you said, maybe they can sneak into the playoffs and they get lucky and catch fire. But I don't, I don't think it's the right course of action for the Yankees to superiorly panic right now and start selling everybody off to try to. Um, 
do something. I just yeah. don't see it. I don't he, see it. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. The other thing I want to talk about, I have to be honest with you, and and I think it, it plays to uh, the strengths. I don't know if it's about the fact that I'm sort of down on the Sox this year, but like there's some storylines in Major League Baseball that I'm very into. And, you know, one is the Cincinnati Reds with this Ellie De La Cruz and this. I mean, they've cooled off a little bit, but just the fact that they've turned their season around and they're they're going to compete for a playoff berth at some level. They're, they need to really win their division as opposed to do the wild card because I don't think they would get it. But I'm so into that. I'm super into I mean, I don't, I don't know why. I think it's mainly because of Yastrzemski, but the Giants have had an incredible turnaround in the last month. And Mike Yastrzemski, just because of his last name and the fact that he toiled in the minors for a while, I'm into that. I mean, there's a bunch of different teams that I'm really into and has nothing – well, the Yastrzemski thing has to do with Boston, but it doesn't have to do with the rivalry. I just think that, that they're good things. And, and I'm, now I'm hearing reports that average attendance in the league is up. Yeah, it's up like almost 8%, I guess, since last year. Um Huge, huge effect in baseball with the, you know these young players coming up. Uh, obviously, Ellie De La Cruz has been a huge excitement for the Reds. If you if you um, are lucky enough to have some sort of baseball package and you can watch these games and you get to see like what the uh, crowds are like at these games, um, the Reds crowds are insane. Well, they drew they drew something like seven thousand for a game in April, and they drew like forty five last weekend. Yeah, and it's crazy. They they are sticking around after the game. They're they're hanging out after like the. The broadcasts, like it's like the uh, NFL game day. Uh, I'm not NFL, uh, college game day yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah. It's nuts, and you know it's it's brought life back into Cincinnati. It's a great story for baseball. He's a super exciting player. He's like a freak of nature too, and it's 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 awesome to see. And then you look across the league. You look at the Orioles. You look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. You look at the San Francisco Giants, and then you look at like the NL Central that the Reds are fighting for. They're trying to beat a team who's got the lowest OPS in baseball, who's somehow hanging on. To the first place, the Milwaukee Brewers, and then you got the Cubs right there, and and the Pittsburgh Pirates aren't going away. So that should be super interesting down the stretch. But boy, man, I would love to see the Reds get into the playoffs. I would love to see that. I mean, imagine if you had the Reds win the Central, and you have the D-backs beat. I mean, I mean, I like the Giants, but imagine if the D-backs beat the Dodgers and the Padres, and and one of those two teams is out of the place. I mean, right now the Padres are are they have a lot of work to do, and based on what they've done. Um, that's a big story. How they've under underachieved. I mean, it's really stunning. Actually. Yeah, I don't see. I just don't see at this stage of the game the way the Padres are playing and how far they are out. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. I mean, right. I have I have less confidence in them than the Yankees, and they have more stars than any team in baseball, which is crazy scary <laughs> if you think about it. I mean, how how can you be that bad with that many good players? Is it is it a talk? Is it a uh, toxic. I don't toxic. I don't think toxic is the right word, but I do think that when you have a lot of superstars, chemistry. I won't go toxic. Yeah, I mean it can be the chemistry can be an issue, and then you know when <clears throat> the only time that toxicity can get in, in my opinion, is when there's gets to be like if if one of the stars or two of the stars are really underperforming, and then some of the other guys are like, you're getting paid forty million bucks to do that garbage. You know, what <laughs> I mean that's when it can get rough because. And when you're getting that kind of money, I mean, Bogarts is a great leader, but when when you get you know four guys making over twenty five million, you know, it's hard to sort of manage that, right? I mean, that's a that's a lot of stuff. But I th- I think I agree with you in the sense that there are too many good teams; they have to leapfrog. Right. I mean, you know, and that's the issue. It's not like you're you know in the central you can you can go hot for a week in the AL or NL central and you can be in first. You know, I mean, but the NL West is not that kind of division. It's too it's too good and. 
it's pretty unbelievable how underperforming the Padres have been. All right, listen, uh, it's been it's been good. I I love the fact that we're you know for me, I mean, and there's other storylines. Look at the Mets. I mean, is Buck Showalter going to get fired? I mean, there's talk that he's not coming back after the All Star break if he makes it that far. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's. I heard there's... someone say the other day, trade Buck for Boone. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you can trade managers, but I don't know if that would be such a, a big upgrade or whatever. But I think something happened back in the day with uh, Buck and the Yankees because he was—I mean, he came up in the Yankee system as a minor league manager, and you know, he had—he was on the Yankees managing, and then he was gone, you know, off to Arizona to build that that club. So I think there's some some old kind of Yogi Berra pissed wounds. off deep down inside wounds yeah. that Buck is probably like, you know what, I mean, I'm done with these guys. I'm done with these guys. But real quick, Brian, I'm looking yeah. at uh, something here and we're talking about money and we're talking about first place, second place, and where the teams rank. And um, I'm looking at the first place teams across baseball, right? And I'm looking at their payroll and we got only two teams in the top 10 in payroll across um, first place. And who do you think those teams would be? Wait, so... Two teams at the top in terms of payroll. Yep. That are in, in the top ten in payroll, and they're leading their division. Who do you and think they're they are? Leading the division. Yep. Only two. Yep. Okay, that should be pretty easy. Um, Texas for sure. Yep. And then I would probably say the next one is a tough one, but I'd have to say Atlanta. Yeah. So Texas, one hundred ninety-seven point eight million. They're ninth overall, and Atlanta is two hundred two point two million, and they're eighth overall. Now let me give you the, the rest of the division leaders here. So we got we got the Central with the Twins. They're seventeenth in payroll overall, one hundred fifty-four point six, one hundred fifty-three point six million. Right, but they might have the seventeenth best record, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. And then you got the Arizona Diamondbacks leading in the AL West, and they're twenty-first out of thirty with one hundred fourteen point four million. And then you got the Reds. We'll call them leaders right now because there's a half, they're a half game out. Sure. Um, they're twenty-fifth in payroll, under hundred million at ninety-three point two, and surprisingly, they are a higher payroll than the twenty-eighth place team, the AL East leading. Tampa to Bay, Bay Rays at seventy six point nine million. See, I don't root for the Rays because I don't like them. But the with the with the Reds, I mean, imagine if they're in the mix August at the at the beginning of August, and I, I would love their GM to say, just screw it, let's just make some deals. You know what I mean? We got stockpile talent in the minors. Let's just do it because I do believe windows are short, especially for these mid market teams. And I I would be just pumped if they scooped up somebody that the Dodgers couldn't get, that the Yankees couldn't get, and they made a run at it. You know, I mean, I I would I would be behind that a thousand percent. Yeah, and like you know, we had talked about this before that the the competition for arms and bats at the break with the amount of teams that are in it is going to be like dogs frothing at their mouth, man. It's going to be crazy. So they're going to be fighting and fighting and fighting. And like we said, do the Reds step up? Do the Orioles step up? I really think those are going to be the two big question mark teams. Are they going to be the ones that go out there and and look to add a bat or a pitcher, what they need? If it were me, uh, the answer would be a resounding yes. Listen, this has been episode 118 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.